Hello, 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 and happy Monday to you. This is another day that the Lord has made. I forgot. I think I did that in remote mode. Um, I I have stopped saying happy Monday, and I started saying, oh, happy day. I guess it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. But, oh, happy day to you. That's a favorite song of mine. My daughter used to sing, um, and whenever I get a chance, I still have her do it for me. Oh, happy day, since Jesus washed, he washed my sins away. Oh, happy day. So I am still rejoicing in spite of, in spite of, people, the uh, things that come and go. I tell you, this has been a crazy week. This has been a crazy week for me, and um, I testified at church on Sunday, and I talked about the fact that when things get topsy-turvy and crazy like this and stressful like this, then then, um, I, I am reminded and the Lord reminds me that we must be doing something right. We must be doing something right. We must be impacting the kingdom of darkness and we must be affecting and advancing the kingdom of God. When stuff just starts act, you know, going crazy and breaking loose on you, <laughs> believers must rejoice. And I'm going to le- use that thought to lead us right into tonight's program because that is what brought about the program that we are doing. That is what brought about Part three, this is part three of words of encouragement and admonition. Things in the U.S. and things in the world are going topsy-turvy. They're going crazy. Things are upside down. And uh, because of those things, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to be specific because one of those things, I should say, it's not the only thing, but the, the Supreme Court's ruling a couple of weeks back regarding same-sex marriages, I use that term loosely, uh, since then there's been other crazy things that are, that are hitting the news, you know, the Planned Parenthood uh, scandal and the exposure about what they're doing anyway i mean i could really just spend a lot of time telling you what crazy things are happening but my guest 
Ramika White, pastor, friend, mother, um, wife, uh, prophetic voice, prophetic servant. The Lord began to deal with her about all the craziness that is going on. And she has a word of encouragement and admonition. And I want her to jump right in with us so we can pick up where we left off last week. Hey, my friend, my my fellow laborer in the gospel, Minister Romika, are you there? Yes, ma'am. I am here. How are you? I'm here, honey. I'm here. <laughs> I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. That's how I am. That's what I'm going to say. Amen. And how about yourself? I am doing good. I'm just adjusting some things over here so I can hear you a little bit better. But oh, um, I'm okay. doing really, really good. Okay. Okay. Are you ready to do this? Are you ready to finish this up? Yes, let's go ahead and 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 get on into it. Okay, tell us. Uh, recap whatever you feel needs to be recapped. Uh, for those of you that missed it, please go back and listen to part one and part two. It is on my show page. The podcasts are available so we don't lose a lot of time. Those of you that are joining us, take it, take it, Ramika. Take us back. Take us back and take us forward. <laughs> Amen. Well, one of the things, can you hear me? I can hear you great. Okay. Um, one of the things uh, that I wanted to go and recap, because I know some people, they get really particular if you don't um, 100% accurately <laughs> get uh, some things correct. So I want to go back and revisit some things. Um, and we should be correcting the things that we say, but just just for the sake of nitpicking, um, we talked about the 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 proclamation or the law that um, President Obama signed. He signed uh, the LGBT um, Gay Pride Month in, uh, uh, made that official in June. And we talked about how, like, the public kind of didn't know for almost two years. Well, when you go back um, uh, and look at that, he signed that, I believe, in May of 2014, but a lot of the public, it was at least a year before the public knew that it was official. So it's like he went and he signed those those documents uh, in May of 2014. But, like, the public really didn't know anything about it. We were just introduced, I think, a lot of people on the Internet. Like I said, unless you had privy information, most of the general public was just introduced to the parade on television uh, with the attitude of here it is, um, and it was already law a year later. It was already it was already done the year prior. So um, by the time June of 2015 came, I think that's when they actually had their first official publicized on television Pride Month. It was already in effect the year before. So I just wanted to clarify that, and then also. Well, hold on, hold on. Um, 
I don't remember how I was aware of it, but I do remember being aware of it. I believe it was. Um, uh, I believe it was actually before last year because I was not living in my home when I first heard of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, probably because this is the type of show that I do and because I constantly am trying to find research, um, you know, and someone probably gave me a heads up about it. That could be why I knew. But I understand the point that you're making is that it wasn't as it wasn't publicized the the way, you know, it was it was kind of done in the dark. Right. And then, and then it then it was publicized more after the fact. But I I do remember being aware of it and um, <laughs> very frustrated about it. I think back in 2013, but don't quote me for sure on that year. Right. Okay. And then um, I think last week we left off on talking about some things about the church and beginning to talk about church government um, and some of the comments that were made last week about how uh, not all churches are operating um, or instructing people in the things of God, and it's being ineffective. And we can see that ineffectiveness um, just with the things that we're seeing uh, within the church However, I I just wanted to let people know that still doesn't excuse the fact that you need to be somewhere in a church getting the Word of God, okay? Mm -hmm. I didn't Mm -hmm. want people to think that because we talked about some of the things we did last week, um, that that means that you should just stay away from um, church altogether. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just like I left off last week before we had to go to break and go to something else, um, sheep need guidance, regular mm-hmm. sheep need guidance, and we're the sheep of the Lord, and sheep need guidance. And so we need guidance as the children of God, and that's why God has given us church government. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what we were going to begin to um, talk about tonight was the, the governmental order of the church and why we need that desperately back at the house of God. Okay. Okay. And I do remember tying in the fact that the church government is part of your first instruction that the Lord gave you about building the ark. That mm-hmm. in, other, in other words, there is safety. There is safety in the church. And therefore, the need for the church government to be reestablished. That, that, that's where we were going, right? Yes. Okay, so we got about a minute and a half, I think. A mi- you know, not quite two minutes to, for you to just talk some more about that. And then, uh, well, a minute. Time just flies. A minute. <laughs> Get what you can <laughs> out, and then we'll be taking a break and coming back with the rest. <laughs> Amen. Well, the idea that we want people to come away with tonight is the fact that God gives us the Scripture, the Bible. He gives Mm -hmm. us the Scriptures to instruct us, and the Scriptures are there 
if you're claiming to be a Christian, the scriptures are there to instruct us about what's right, what's wrong, how we are to think, um, especially as it pertains to the things that are going on that affect our life. This is why God has given us the scriptures. And these scriptures also instruct us on how we're supposed to relate to people around us, how we're supposed to deal with the things that we're talking about on the show, and then how we're supposed to relate to government. Okay. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. We are home-based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland, 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me. the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Pick right up, sister. Okay. Um, first and foremost, um, we have to understand in terms of um, being Christians, being Christ-like, um, all authority comes from God. 
all authority comes from God. He's the one who sets up authority. And he sets up that authority and the guidelines. Uh, we know how we're supposed to operate, how the church is supposed to function, how we're supposed to relate to others, how we're supposed to relate to one another as Christian brothers and sisters. He tells us all of that through the scriptures. So that is why when we come to Christ, um, the process begins of um, the scripture saying, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It, all, it also tells us to uh, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So when we come to Christ, our mind has to be renewed. And as uh, we walk with Christ um, throughout the course of our life, uh, we are in a place where we are having to continually renew our mind um, mm-hmm. and build up our faith. And our faith is built by hearing the Word of God. It said faith comes to you. Faith mm-hmm. comes to you by hearing. And mm-hmm. how you hear is from the Word of God. So God is the one who establishes authority. And since authority comes from God, we have to make sure that we're not putting ourselves in a position where we disobey God by disobeying his authority. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Makes a lot so, of sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Genesis chapter 6, um, verse 13, again, if you have your Bibles, uh, in Genesis chapter 6, uh, verse 13, the Lord said to Noah, uh, and some of this I'm going to skim through. You can go through and read it on, uh, in your leisure. But in chapter 6, verses 13, God said to Noah that the end of all flesh is come before me. And the earth is filled with it, and he's pretty much going to get rid of it. So um, in terms of what the Lord has been speaking, um we're not going to be able to walk in the flesh and think that God is going to be in the midst of us and that he's going to continue to tolerate it. Now, in terms, because we've been talking about perversion and we've been talking about guarding our mind and guarding our spirit and how things are going to be intensified and the things that the scriptures say that are good, the world is going to begin to say those things are evil and and the attack on things of inte- that things that are integral and things that represent integrity and honesty, how those things, the moral compass, how all those things are going to be broken down. God is saying we are at a stage now where um, we're not going to be able to do what we want to do, walking in our flesh, especially as believers. We're not going to be able to continue to walk in our flesh and then go to church or go to our praise and worship services and think that God is going to be in the midst of us and that he's going to tolerate our sin. This Mm. is why church government is so important in the church, because this is why in terms of dealing with perversion, like lesbian, gay, uh, transgender, and I'm about to throw in fornication and adultery Mm -hmm. because those Mm -hmm. two are two things that the church doesn't want to talk about. We talk about it among pornography. 
we we don't want to talk about those things in term of, in terms of addressing them as a whole. We like to categorize it and separate it. And this mm-hmm. is why the church has been ineffective as a whole in terms of dealing with the perversion that we're seeing in the world creeping mm-hmm. its way into the church. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that, to break that down a little bit further, um, for the most part, most people, when you begin to talk about homosexuality, and again, like I said, sidebar, like I said before, we do not hate homosexuals, okay? We do not hate homosexuals or people. We just do not like the sin that they're involved in that the Bible calls it. In the church, you tend to see categories, whereas the Bible lumps sin as sin as sin, meaning that sin is just sin. We're the ones who put them in categories and will judge you according to how we feel about that particular thing. And what I mean by that is, typically in the church, the attitude is, we don't like homosexuals, we don't like uh, lesbians, we don't like all the, all, all the, the secular terms, we don't like gays, we don't like homosexuals, we don't like um, lesbians, oh my gosh, these transgenders. But you have to be as equally upset as angry, because the Bible says we can be angry but not sin, mm-hmm. and that's where mm-hmm. the hate comes in for the people. We can be angry, but we're not supposed to hate them. We're supposed mm-hmm. to hate the sin. Mm-hmm. So we need to be as equally upset in the church about pornography. Mm-hmm. We need to be as equally upset in the church about uh, pedophilic preachers, mm-hmm. especially like like we see in the Catholic Church and, you know, with other ministers of other faiths that we've seen that have been exposed. We mm-hmm. need to be as equally as upset about fornication because I like to say it like this. They're all related. They're all cousins, if you will. And so you can't, Absolutely. Get mad. you can't get mad at one and safeguard the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some Christians who uh, have people in their family. It may be their children. It, it may be whomever. And uh, they'll be the first to tell you, you know, I just don't like this. And and, and and that's just wrong, and, and that just goes against the Bible. But what about the husband who's watching pornography? Mm-hmm. What about the, the, the two individuals that when you come to church, that's your brother and sister in the Lord and not a piece of meat that's sitting over there, and you're trying to get a hookup because the girls out in the world don't want to pay no attention to you, and you want to come into church because now you want to try out a wholesome girl. Your mindset hasn't changed, but now the, the church has become a free-for-all club where you can hunt for women and men with the same unbridled lust just like you do out in the world or at the club. Mm-hmm. And we need to have the same, the same fervor, the same passion, the same drive, the same mm-hmm. zeal to go after those things just like we go after the other perversions like homosexuality, lesbian, the things that we know those to be. 
So we can't rack and stack and say, well, I, I'm not nasty because that's just nasty because I don't even, I don't understand how a man can get with a man and how a woman can get with a woman. Well, how can you get with your other brother and sister in the Lord, okay, and mm-hmm. that's not your wife? Mm-hmm. Are you planning mm-hmm. to marry her? Mm-hmm. Are you planning to marry him? Are mm-hmm. you are are you prepared to come into covenant and accept the responsibilities that come with being mm-hmm. uh, uh, married? Are you willing to go there and see when you start talking on that level? Uh, people get upset because they want to rack and stack and say because I'm not as nasty as them. It's all filthy in the That's sight right. of the Lord. It's all equal in the sight of the Lord. It manifested itself a different way, but mm-hmm. it's still all perversion. Mm-hmm. And you can still mm-hmm. miss God in the church fornicating. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, right. <laughs> So if the church is going to be effective as a whole, then we Mm -hmm. all have to come under God's authority. And as pastors, preachers, uh, teachers, evangelists, apostles, prophets, all those fivefold ministry gifts, this is why the fivefold ministry has to be and needs to be in operation and set up within the churches because the pastors uh, the pastors can't be afraid if your goal is to spread the gospel and not build your own ministry then you have to go by what the word of god says you can't be scared to sit people down cuz some of you may be pastors and the lord done told you to sit some people down mm-hmm. and you too scared to do it so you need to be able to either sit people down and also put people out. There are big times where uh, my husband and myself, according to the scriptures, and the scriptures clearly tell you, and we'll go over some of that so you can see that it's found in Matthew, um, and there's other scriptures to back that up as well. But there are times where we have had to... Um, we got a minute. We got a minute, just so you know. Keep going. We have had to put people out of the church. And we could not be concerned about whether they give their tithes or pay their tithes or give their offerings because it's not about that. Mm -hmm. It's about living according to the Word of God, and the Bible gives you clear reason on why you do those things. But he also, which is the part that people miss, he also tells you how to restore that individual if it comes to you having to put them out. He also mm-hmm. tells you how to restore that individual so that they can be healed. And and that's why we have to, 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 to take in the whole counsel of God and not just bits and pieces. Amen. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. 
Are you concerned about your physical and spiritual health? Tired of aches and pains? Heartburn? Taking pills? Being out of shape and having no self-control? Try the 90-Day Challenge by Vicealis. Using our delicious, nutritious health shakes and eating one meal a day, you can build lean muscle, burn fat, improve your health, and rule your body instead of your body ruling you. Choose your kit. Start your challenge. Lose 10 pounds at a time. Order online today at dianesjones.bodybyvi.com. <laughs> a black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from AuthorHouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Back to Minister Ramika White. So you can pick up right where you left off. Well, if you got your Bibles in Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, um, roundabout verse 13, the Bible tells us that anybody, anybody, your Bible might say everyone, and everyone means everyone. Anybody means anybody. If anybody calls on the Lord, for everybody that calls on the name of the Lord, and you acknowledge him and put him in position as Lord, not just going before the church, saying a cute little prayer, there's a difference when I say, and for some of you that are a little nitpicky and are a little bit scholarly, please hear what it is that I'm saying. I may not be articulating it correctly, but please hear my heart. There is something different besides, and I'm not saying that if you did this that you're not saved, but there is something different between coming before the church, going up to the altar, 
giving your life to Christ, saying something like, I invite you, Lord, into my heart. I'm not saying that if you said that, that you're not saved. But what I'm trying to say is this. When you call upon the name of the Lord, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you're saved, you have the difference is there's there's something about just saying, I call on the name of Jesus, and then acknowledging him as Lord, if that makes sense. Because when you acknowledge him as Lord, and you can still say that, you know, saying, you know, Jesus, when you acknowledge him as Lord, when someone is Lord over your life, that means that he has all authority and control, if that makes sense. When you say yeah. that he is, I'm sorry? I said, yeah. You're, you're saying that if someone is Lord, you submit to that person. You submit to them as Lord. It's not just a term. It's not just a word. If, if you meant right. it, then you submit to that person as Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even if even even in your saying, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, there needs to be an understanding that he now is Lord. A lot of people go through the motions of saying these prayers, and the reason why we're not seeing people stay, one of the reasons, there's many reasons, but because of what we're talking about, that's the reason why you don't see a lot of what the old folks would call staying power mm-hmm. in the Lord, where mm-hmm. you walk with the Lord for a long period of time. It's not saying that you won't have situations and circumstances that may cause you to give up. But this little, I'm, I, I'm a Christian one day, and, you know, it ain't work out for me, so, you know, I'm going to quit Jesus and go try something else and all this other kind of stuff. We, we don't see the ability to continue. It's almost like people, they, they so-called try Jesus, and then for some odd reason they have other options. Mm-hmm. But when you come to Jesus Christ, you acknowledge him as Lord. And with him being Lord, that puts your mind and that shifts your spirit into a, another place where you can you can recognize, you can count up the cost, you can understand the seriousness of it, you take it seriously. Um, when you say someone is Lord, that means he has authority. That means you give him complete control over your life. You may not understand all of, you know, all of that and what that all may entail, but you give him, you trust him. You trust him as being Lord over your life. It's like if you have a Lord in the kingdom and you have subjects, those subjects trust that Lord or that king to take care of them. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so Mm -hmm. when we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and our Savior, then acknowledging him in that way and having teaching to help you understand that will help you to begin the steps of trusting and not just 
oh, well, that's just Jesus, some man, some prophet somewhere, and, you know, we're just going to try this out, you know, and, and, and see how this works. And if, if it doesn't work out, it's all good because you really didn't, you know, trust it anyway. But when you're talking about in Genesis, um, not Genesis, uh, Romans chapter 10, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And verse 14 is where I want to get at. It says, how are people to call upon him, meaning the Lord, how are people supposed to call on him whom they have not believed in? They don't have no faith. They don't rely on him or trust him. How are they to believe in him, adhere to what he says, trust in him, and rely on him if they've never heard of him? And how can they hear without a preacher? How can men be expected to preach unless they are sick? Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, there's, 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 there's more that goes to that, but what I want to extract from that is this. Preachers in the church, I'm not saying all of them, a lot of preachers in the church haven't preached or taught the people to the degree of their sin issues. They haven't deposited any form of the word deep enough in them to the degree that what's on the inside of them that not like God can stand against the Bible calls it the wiles and the tricks of the enemy. We haven't fortified the people's wall, their their inner man, their spirit man. We 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 preach to them materialism, mm-hmm. things, external things, but we have not fortified their walls so when life happens when the enemy, Satan, comes against them and attacks them, a lot of them don't know what to do. When things like what we're seeing going on in the earth, like the economy, um, uh, the whole perversion agenda um, seeming like it's just taking over, a lot of people, their walls are not fortified. Their spirit man is not strong enough to be able to handle it because all they know is religion. They don't have a relationship. Mm -hmm. You have people that have church down to a science. Some of them come to church late because they know at 1030 church is supposed to start or 11 o'clock and they know all the mess that goes on in between and they know exactly when to come to church to get a good seat or to sit where they want to sit without having that usher tell them where to sit because they know it's going to be standing room only. You know, all these little, you know, things that aren't even important, fleshly things that aren't even important. We have people who do these things, and then when trouble comes, 
they don't know how to respond. They don't know how to dig in. And I'm not saying that every church is like this because it's not. But for the majority, because of what we see, mm-hmm. and when we talk to people through our day-to-day interactions, a lot of the people are still carnal. And what do I well, mean by carnal? Can I, can, I, carnal. Um, can I ask you, finish that statement, and then can I ask you to briefly talk about a little bit more about the fivefold ministry so that people have... I mean, you know, just kind of cover each one of those briefly, what each of those offices do, so they'll have an understanding of the government, what the church government is supposed to look like. Okay. So you were saying something about carnal. And what we mean by carnal is when you say that, because, you know, in in church you hear a lot about carnality and and being carnal. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, that we have to switch from being carnal-minded to being spiritual spiritually minded. um spiritually minded well mm-hmm. carnality means that what you do how you operate more importantly how you respond to things is all ruled and determined engaged by your senses what you can touch taste feel smell hear so a lot of the times People are still carnal because they're ruled by their emotions. They're ruled by what they feel. They're mm-hmm. ruled by their childhood experiences. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're ruled by what grandmama and them told them. They're ruled by what they heard on TV. And that is their Bible. That is where their faith comes from. But mm-hmm. when you come to Christ, Christ has set up government in the church which we're Mm -hmm. going to talk about, like you said, the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the teacher, amen. He set up those five-fold ministry gifts to teach you. Oh, man. (laughs) I didn't even see that. (laughs) More after the break. the tragic past shattered your future or your now don't let it this is i'm not the woman i used to be i'm free with minister diane jones and we'll be right back after these millions of people are sexually abused each and every day not just by rape child molesters or pedophiles but by choice and through lifestyle preferences would enjoy being raped again and again why is rape spiritual as well as physical can a sex offender be healed from abusing others find answers to these and other questions in the pages of overcoming sexual abuse by minister diane jones available online at authorhouse.com this show's host page Amazon.com and any major bookstore overcoming sexual abuse. This is the TogiNet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. 
start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep at the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R, dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Doginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, this is Minister Diane, and this is my special guest, Minister Ramika White, and um, we are in the third part of our series, Words of Encouragement, Words of Admonition, which means instruction. To admonish someone is to advise and to instruct them, and uh, we are trying to give people hope, those that believe in Christ, those that are wondering what in the world is going on right now, why things are so topsy-turvy and crazy, upside down. We're trying to give you encouraging words and instruction on how to maneuver in this hour. And Pastor White is talking to us about church government, um, that there is safety, there is going to be safety in the church becoming what it was intended to be and functioning like it's supposed to function, that there is safety in that. So, Pastor White, please continue. We left off talking about carnality and, 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 and operating in your emotions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, like we said before, they, they base what they do or their senses um, instead of the Word of God. And that's why the Bible tells us that we have to be transformed. Um, Because if not, it's not going to work for you. uh, Because the things that are in the Bible, they are spirit. Because we are spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. And so Mm -hmm. when we come to Christ, we have to feed our spirit. And so how we feed that is with the one who created us, Jesus Christ, God, the, we, 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 we feed ourselves with the word of God, which is spirit and life. And so uh, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And this is why he set up the church mm-hmm. to preach the gospel. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. for you to take that gospel 
and to preach it to other people, to share mm-hmm. the good news uh, that you don't have to be uh, the same person that you used to be. Like your mm-hmm. program, I'm free. You can you you can tell people how to be free and mm-hmm. how to do things God's way when you do find yourself in situations and circumstances because the Bible does tell us that in this life we're going to have trials, tribulations. Mm-hmm. We're going to have things that frustrate us. Look these words up in the dictionary. That's why you have to study. You know, we, we, we religiously say, child, I'm going through trials, and I'm <laughs> going through tribulation. Well, look mm-hmm. that up. <laughs> Look that up so that don't sound like Spanish to you. Look that mm-hmm. up. That means that there are sometimes you are going to go through things that frustrate your life. When you come to Christ, that don't mean that you're going to be absent of issues and that mm-hmm. life is going to happen because everything is not demonic. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. life just happens. As you go through life, things happen. You know, mm-hmm. when you run out of gas in your car, that ain't the devil. You just need to go fill up your gas tank, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So when, when, when we talk about going through trials and tribulations, when you come to Christ, Christ gives you a better way of handling those things so that you don't operate carnally by your senses and cuss someone out or kill them with your words or physically kill them or cause any hurt, harm, or danger so that you'll know how to uh, uh, have a relationship with your spouse, how to have a relationship with your children, how to deal with the difficult people you may work with on your job. God gives you a better way so you don't adopt the ways of Cain. And that's, mm-hmm. a, a, that's, another, that's another topic. It, it, it operating in Cain is operated by the works of the flesh. That's why God accepted his brother Abel's gift, because he was able to listen. And then Cain, he just can't do stuff right. And that's why his stuff got rejected. But in terms of um, church government, church government is established by God. And if you look in your Bibles in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 11, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, so follow along if you're in the King James or NIV or New King James. I'm reading from the Amplified. He says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, and his gifts. Notice that that H is capitalized. That means those are God's gifts. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed. Okay, that means that you can't wake up one day and call yourself to these positions. God is the one who appoints men to these positions. Uh, It says, and his gifts were buried. He himself appointed and gave men to us, that means to all of us, some to be apostles, those are special, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, these are preachers of the gospel and traveling missionaries, some pastors, those are the shepherds of his flock, and teachers. So you have the apostle, you have the prophet, 
you have the evangelist, you have the pastor, and you have the teacher. Those are what the church calls five-fold ministry gifts. Those are the five gifts that the Lord placed in the church that is his government, that's whom he has given authority to on his behalf. Because it says that he gave all these gifts, he gave, he gave these gifts, and he appointed men to carry out the assignments that mm-hmm. are associated with these gifts, mm-hmm. to expound on the Word, to preach the Word, to teach the Word, to shepherd the flock, mm-hmm. to train you. And he says, verse 12, his intention, the reason why he did this, the reason why he set up this government, it says, verse 12, which is the number of order, his intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated or set-apart people. We're set apart for the Lord's use. So his intention of having these gifts was for the perfecting and the full equipping of his people that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body and the church. Can I add something here? Because mm-hmm. this just this just hit hit my spirit while you were talking, and as a word of and uh, as a word of instruction, many of you out there are very involved in um, televangelism, television ministry. You know, you're watching certain ministers, big names on TV, and um, you're 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 gleaning a lot from their ministries and. Uh, frankly, a lot of those, a lot of the ministries that you see and we see, sadly, are very carnal. You know, are are the opposite of what Scripture has described. But I want to caution you. You know, to take the time to maybe maybe email some of those ministries, ask them who is their apostle. Some of those big name ministers, T.D. Jakes. Um, who else comes to my mind? Uh, he comes to my mind right now because of some horrific stuff that I just heard that he said uh, on Facebook. Someone posted it on Facebook. I haven't had a chance to look it up myself, so that's why I'm not going to go there. But y- email these these ministries. You know, ask who is their apostle, who is who is helping to shepherd and govern them. Who, who are they working with, you know, in terms of what God established? Who is the prophet that speaks to that ministry or the prophets that they have constant relationship and communion with? You know, this is why they get off track. This is why different pastors get off track is because this government system is not a part of their ministry. They don't have a working relationship with a prophet. They don't have a working relationship with an apostle or apostles. Um, they might have some evangelists. They usually have teachers, but they don't have the five-fold ministry. So if you are concerned, and you should be, about what is right and what is good for you and what is wholesome for your development and your growth, you're only seeing one side of the equation. You're only seeing the persona that they present on TV. 
but you're missing a whole lot and they're missing a whole lot. I just wanted to get that out there. We've got two minutes. I'm sorry to jump in there, but um, I hope that that was okay with you for me to add that little that little <laughs> tidbit. Oh yeah. no, that that's wonderful. Okay, now um, we got one minute. <laughs> People, we're okay. going to continue this series. We already see it. We already know it. We're going to have to continue this series, so be looking for it. Okay, finish us out, Pastor White. Well, quickly, in terms of, and when you look in the King James Version in verse, 11, in verse 12, it says that he gave all of these gifts for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry, for edifying the body of Christ. Now, when you look at that word edify, Edify is concerning your spirit, man. The edif- when, when, when these gifts are in operation, edification happens. Your spirit, man, you begin to get educated. They instruct you. They teach you. Uh, it challenges your morals. It challenges your spirit to come up higher, so to a higher a, a, a higher and a better way of thinking, believing, and operating. Okay? Okay. Well, that's it for tonight, people. Look for the continuation. We'll continue live in about two weeks. All right. Mm-hmm.